I watched the most messed up documentary the other day. It was nearly as messed up as your as the mugs you have in your house. <laughs> like this guy? <laughs> like this is. guy. Oh my gosh. There it is. What? what? Wait, so I don't understand this, but I also don't understand. So horror movies, like anything scary, I run away. Like I'm just okay. like, no dog. Tell I know me. we were chatting on on the gram. It wasn't a, it's not a horror movie. It's actually based on fact. And that's what I was saying is that's what made it so scary is that it was an actual, oh. it actually happened in real life. So that's what, that, that's what was like the most scary part about it. But the first one we watched, it, it was called The Tinder Swindler. And it's all about this guy, this like Israeli dude who basically like, created this whole network of like fraudulent scams with women but he would basically get like a woman on tinder he would pose as this like multi-millionaire and then he would run into like financial problems and then they would lend him money through their card and he would just do this to like different women but like yeah he, he did it in such a way that he never basically he basically it was almost impossible for him to get caught and anyway this dude Long story short, I don't want to give it away, but this dude is still like walking the streets. Still at large, yeah. You can't prosecute him. And then, then the second Wait, don't give anything away because now I might see it. So, okay, the first one, just to clarify for our audience, is the Tinder swindler. And just to like note this, when I asked you, you're like, they're really scary. I immediately think to myself, it's like horror films, but now it's just like, it's like scary events of like the real life of like getting swindled out there. Like if you're on a yeah. dating app. So it's yeah. just really real. Okay. Yeah. Tinder swindler. All right. So what is the swindler. second one that you watched in succession? In succession. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not the show in, that I asked about. <laughs> inside joke um, is called the puppet master. And it's all about, again, I don't want to give too, away too much detail, but it's all about this dude who like literally he's a, he's a psychopath and he's a, he's a, like person that is still out there like busy tormenting potentially tormenting like women to the to the to the point that you you like you you won't even believe like what he did to the to these people you have to watch it and it is so messed up it's so messed up okay so we're definitely gonna link those below so yeah. people can learn from these documentaries and then like apply it to their own life hopefully and not yeah. get killed or not get swindled exactly that sounds exactly. good okay well then i'll definitely watch it and then we can like chat about <laughs> it i'm kind of like i thought they were actual horror movies and i will tell you i used to watch horror movies like it was really cool like to watch it with like a guy you were dating like way mm. back in the day so like it was like oh like i'm so scared like hold me yeah. you know <laughs> and so i remember like doing that and then after seeing like too many i was like dude like i'm this is not fun like the whole like help me you know or like oh my god I'm so scared like that just turned into friggin' nightmares man yeah it's not um, even, it's not even wait, sexy anymore it's, it's just not it no, just gets to the point no. where it's not sexy <laughs> you're like what issues do you have where this is your favorite no I'm just kidding um yeah. but there are some people that do love horror movies and um there are two things that I want to talk about nightmares and then also like recent show that I've watched um so I don't know if you've if you know about Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, do you know anything about Tommy Lee? A bit. But he was yeah. a drummer. He was like yeah. the drummer for Motley Crue, who was like a huge rock band, like just your quintessential rock star. Like Motley Crue was like one of the most uh, rambunctious, like 
rock star groups, like literally like the stuff they did on tour and everything was just like next level insanity. Right. So of course, like I've always heard of like Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson, Pamela Anderson, everyone probably knows who Pamela Anderson is. Um, they probably don't know her from Baywatch. They probably know her when uh, the, who is that guy? Sasha Barrett Cohen. Uh, he dressed, he tried to like <laughs> Borat. Yeah. Borat tried to kidnap her. Right. Cause he was a huge fan. Um, so people probably know that more than they actually know she's in Baywatch. So they were like a couple um, back in the day and they ended up like releasing a sex tape. So I find on my Hulu and it, there's a show. Yeah. This just took a turn, right? There's this <laughs> show called Pam and Tommy. Okay. And I'm pretty sure like Seth Rogen's in it, Nick Offerman's in it. Um, and like the Sebastian Stan, so Buckley or Buck from a uh, Marvel universe, um, like the red soldier or whatever his name is. And then, mm-hmm. um, this other girl who plays Pam Anderson, who actually does, they, they both do a terrific job anyway. So I'm like making Taylor watch this show with me and it's like produced by Seth Rogen. And, um, like we get to a point where I'm like, oh, it's taking a turn. Like they've built the story up of like what angle they're going on. Now it's more about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and their relationship and how they met. And I'm like, sweet. Okay. All of a sudden, like it cuts to a scene where Tommy Lee is talking to his penis and his penis is talking and you can see his penis. Okay. (laughs) I am just like, I'm like oh my god like what is it is Seth Rogen like written all over it like it reminds me of Sausage Party which Seth Rogen did yeah um, and super super bad as well yeah but like literally like I have not seen penis on a show like I have not (laughs) seen penis on a show like when's the last time you saw full penis with a mouth talking to the person like he's literally having a conversation with his penis and I'm just like what a little taken back like I'm not like super like you know conservative or like I'm like oh like I can't appreciate like Seth Rogen's trying something here yeah but I was just like whoa dude like full frontal like that's a that's a that's a full penis that's a he's gone full penis (laughs) (laughs) I think I need a link I think we need a link um maybe like with a little asterisk like you know this is like rated r or like whatever but anyways all i'm saying is that that took a turn man like we were not ready for like full penis in our face and um yeah wait I, i've got yeah. something to you've just given me something to jump on here because oh no speak, speaking of penises no this is this is a good thing this is this is tied to the show let's do it love it um so i'm sure you're aware that on instagram i post a lot about like the importance of and i think we've actually spoken about it before it's just in my memory's probably but the importance of like your your sort of male genital health and how yeah. that relates to your actual like physical health. So, for instance, mm-hmm. um, I know uh, Katie Starr had said this, but like l- like men, if you're not waking up in the morning like with a heart on and your penis is not like talking to you, let's just say that, then you've got a problem. Like your body's not yeah. your body's not like responding in the in the way that it's supposed to. It's pretty normal. Mm-hmm to be like I always say like happy hungry horny happy like I'm sure many people have that saying but like well, it's pretty it's pretty normal to actually have those urges especially in the morning it's 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 a sign well, that I wouldn't even say sleep. that maybe you don't even have an urge it's just like it's morning wood Do yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. it's like the most natural normal thing I think for males is yeah. morning wood and I think what you have is like 
hey, if you're not waking up with morning wood, regardless if you're like feeling, you know, horny or whatever, right? Like if you're not waking up with morning wood, then like yeah. maybe it's time to look into some things, maybe see what's going on. Like, hey, like is, you know, eating like, you know, three Krispy Kreme donuts in the morning, like messing me up. Is mm. my standard American diet where I'm eating sugar on a normal basis, like I'm not getting enough protein, like maybe I should change that or like, hey, like, you know, there's so many things, but I think that food, it's like literally like a response to food. Like, mm. I don't know about you, but me, if I eat poorly, like, so let's talk about like the times that I uh, don't eat meat based, like what happens to me. Um, the first thing is like bloating. I just don't feel good about myself. I feel like my stomach is almost like distended, you know? And what happens immediately is I'm no longer horny. I'm no longer going to be in the mood, you know, like that's like the direct effect that like food has. Mm. Whereas if I eat a steak for dinner, I might still want to after I have like, you know, a one and a half pound steak, you know, I'm like, all right, yeah. let's go. But with the, uh, with that food, I don't know if you're the same way. I mean, you probably are, but if you notice that, like even for people that are intuitively eating, notice what kind of like turns you on and like, I mean, turns you off, right? Like yeah. think about what turns you off. I don't know if that's, you've experienced that too. That's a really good way of putting it actually. It's like, what, what turns you off basically? Because whatever turns you on is probably like pretty good for you. And you've, yeah. you've actually mentioned this before. It's like, if you go do the research, you know, Kellogg's, the cereal company was made by a person who considered like masturbation masturbation a sin considered like waking up with a heart on a sin and things like that so when you're eating that junk food you're actually putting yourself in a position of like taking away your male power basically and it's like just yeah taking that all away but that that i mean that's such an important topic because when when i was like at my sickest um in 2019 i was going through a really rough patch health wise i had no sex drive like that was the first thing that i noticed like i just mm -hmm. i just had no Same. sex drive desire and it felt so strange because growing up as a teenager you know you can eat like shit because your hormones are just running rampant anyway but you just like always hungry happy and horny it's like those three or other <laughs> basically <laughs> running your life and then yeah. when those when those like um inherently like primal aspects that we have it as in us as humans go away it feels so strange it, it feels it just feels wrong it, it, yeah. it's the best way to describe it yeah i always say that you know if you don't feel horny something's off um and that's kind of like just and maybe you know maybe that's a little bit extreme for people but I think there is some truth to it. Waking up in the morning wood, being horny from time to time, like that seems pretty normal to me um, or something that people should strive for if like that's the, the measurement of the health that you want to give and that's it. Like you don't want to weigh yourself, which I totally don't think you should. You don't want to do this, this, this. Mm. At least be horny, man. Mm. Like, you know, like we're, we're put on this earth for such a short period of time. And, you know, if you can't enjoy yourself to an extent, right? Um, with like a partner that, you know, you love and you want to do that. Right. It's kind of like, dang, that, mm. that sucks, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that kind of sucks, but also um, what you were talking about with the Kellogg's. Right. So here's my thing is that I was just thinking about this recently. So people think 
that they are empowered because they can eat whatever the hell they want. They don't care. They, you know, they're just like, yeah, like, you know, maybe I gain a few weight, a few pounds, or maybe I work out really hard in the gym. So it doesn't affect me. But the thing is, is that it's not actually empowering you to eat these Kellogg's products, right? Like they got you by the balls, Mm. right? Like Mm. they have the power over you. You think you're being empowered because you're eating all this processed food and it's not really affecting you or catching up to you, Mm. but it's like, oh no, like Kellogg's got you. You know, like mm. they're the ones that are in power. You don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And all those reports about Kellogg's and everything, those are true. They've come out. It's like well-documented. It's well-known at this point that you're right. Like they didn't want people to be wanting to touch each other or, you know, like do sexual things and stuff like that. So they wanted to feed absolute BS so mm. that you didn't want to do that. You know, you could also make the argument for birth control, right? Birth control is scientifically proven to make you less horny right Mm. so it's almost like this weird thing which is like the opposite like i'm gonna give you birth control so you can have sex whenever you want not get pregnant but wait 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 hold on but you're gonna be less horny and not want to do it as much right Mm. like we've talked about this once you get off birth control it's like it's like carnivore libido coming back and then like off birth control libido coming back like Oh my God. I'm like a double Emmy high schooler, man. I'm like, I'm like in high school again. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, so those two things, huge improvement. And what's important is like the role of hormones specifically with health, because Mm -hmm. that's all controlled by hormones. And in fact, I saw something recently on Instagram, which I reposted, but this guy was explaining, which, which is what I've believed and asserted all along. And obviously I'm not an expert doctor, nutritionist, that should go without saying, but he basically said that, you know, so many people worry about calories in calories out, but they forget about the role that hormones play in your diet. So I'll give you an example, insulin. Insulin is the driving hormone that allows your body to store fat and use it effectively. So when you become insulin resistant, your body can't actually utilize the insulin in a way that it was originally designed to. So if you eat carbs, your insulin spikes goes into the blood. It allows your, Mm -hmm. it almost works like a key mechanism. It allows the cells to actually use the, this is a very, um, very primal way of describing it, but basically unlocks, allows your cells to actually use it as a source of energy. When you become insulin resistant, your insulin is spiked for periods of, of like, so long that your body can no longer do it to the same effect but what mm-hmm. what drives insulin you know it's as simple as carbs you know carbs yeah. drive insulin so yes to a certain extent the calories in calories out model works it does work it's it's science it's thermogenesis i understand that but people forget two things you know one the role of hormones as i mentioned and two it's actually the role of like food addiction on those hormones. Mm-hmm. So if you are addicted to carbs and specifically processed bullshits and sugar and even seed oils, it's going to be very hard to like force yourself to stick to the calories in calories out model. You feel like you basically feel like a, a like a, a rat in well, a lab. You've done mm-hmm. it, right? You've done calories in calories out, right? I've have you? I've, I've done, done it extreme. Done it yeah, you've done it oh. more extreme than I've. I've only tracked food, yeah. which is different. So food tracking is yeah. just merely like observing 
your food and then you can sort of see what's like the total calories you've consumed but i've never done it to the extent that you've done it where you like you said you used to go to like 1200 calories or something i don't know what was your oh dude what was your i range? would so this is gonna sound like insane um so i used to do um this was like after college, I came back from New York and I was going to like community college for like a year. And I was just like, you know what? I was nannying. I was going to school and I was working out and I was working out for three hours each morning in the gym, which I can't even fathom that long unless I was doing like a routine with people. What were you doing, by the way? So, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. <laughs> so I, this was like the least I've ever weighed. And especially coming from, you have to remember, I was coming from D1 volleyball, right? Mm. So you have to imagine that my arms, my legs, everything was like, my body was like pure muscle, right? And at pure muscle, I was like 140 pounds, right? And that I was still slender. Like I was totally just fit like a fucking... I don't even know. I was really in shape and I was 140 all muscle, right? I then am like, you know what? I'm not playing volleyball anymore. I want to thin out my legs. I want to thin out my arms. Like I just want to like trim and slender down. So in order to do that, I wanted to get down to 120. So that's 20 pounds after being 140, which is like completely healthy. And so what I would do is I would use like a calorie counter and I would put my allotted number of calories a day would be 800. That is insane. That's insane. 800 calories a day. Right. So I would eat like super lean, like salads, chicken, like, you know, all like the basic, I would eat egg whites. Mm. Lord Lord have mercy on me. Um, (laughs) Sacrilege, Um, sacrilege in the carnival community. So I would eat that. I would eat like yogurt, like, you know, um, so all the things basically that were like, you know, marketed to me as low, um, low calorie. Right. So I would have 800 calories a day, which I do not recommend this to anyone like that. This is, I'm just want to let you know, like, this is awful. Your body needs more than 800 calories a day. I do mm. think like, just to survive, like just to, like, yes, literally just to survive. Sit and breathe. Yeah. So what I would do is I would do 800 calories a day, um, to eat food. That was my limit. And then I would always go into the negative with my, um, working out. So mm. the active amount of calories that I would work out and I would track all of this to the T, like a psychopath would be like, mm, like I'd always have to be like negative something. So it would have to be like negative 500, negative, you know, a thousand, right? So like burning more than you're putting in your body on a yeah. daily basis. And I was able to lose the weight, of course, and get down to 120. Um, but the saddest part is I felt like shit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing an hour and a half of stair stepper, like an hour and a half of stair stepper. Like I would watch a movie on the stair stepper and just be on there for an hour and a half at the gym, like sweating my balls off. And remember I'm like 20 years old or like 21. So like, I'm like in the the best shape ever. And like, you know, your metabolism hasn't fallen off yet. You're just, your zest for life hasn't fallen off yet. Even tried being vegan, but anyways, the point is, is that I was literally like, you're burning just too, you're burning too much. Like you're not actually giving your body what it needs. I was always hungry. Mm-hmm. I was having some issues. Like I tried doing the whole vegan thing as well during this time. Um, it just wasn't great. Right. And um, that was kind of my relationship. And the saddest part is that even though I got down to 120 and I looked amazing. I didn't look like super thin or anything like that. It was really healthy. Like 120 for me is like a normal weight I can be. Um, but I still felt bad about myself. I, yeah. I remember taking a selfie of like my 
ab, like I had ab, I had fucking six pack and I still <laughs> thought I looked fat. I still thought I looked fat. Yeah. Like that is body dysmorphia, like next level. Right. At, at its so, finest. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. I would do at the gym though. <laughs> so an hour's stair stepper basically. And no, then, hour and a like, half. 90 hour and a half. Every yeah. day. Oh my word. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it gets so, it honestly gets so compulsive. Like I, when I was at my skinniest, um, I don't know what this would be in pounds. Maybe you could work, but I weighed 56, 55 kgs. Okay. So, so I don't know what that is in pounds. Just maybe work that out and put it in the show notes. And I think I it's about for, one, I think it's about 130. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's very slender for a male. Really skinny for me. Yeah. So yeah. I had no muscle on me. I was, I was so fit though, like running wise, because I was just running like every day. And running, I was living, man. Yeah. I was just running and living off of chicken salads. My mom used to make me for school. Mm-hmm. She used to make me like um, this, this literally, it's actually so sad. Just, just actually talking about this now, but it was like this oh, lunchbox no. about that big. And it was a bit of chicken breast salad. And I used to sit in class just like nonstop thinking about that chicken salad because I was just so hungry. And I used yeah. to, I, and I was fasting and then I'd get home, I'd eat early and I suffered. I really suffered. I wish, I wish I knew what I knew now. Like I wish I had the, the yeah. foresight to just say, Josh, oh my gosh, man, just anybody's listening, like just fucking buy a steak, cook it the night before, cut it up, put it in your lunchbox. And there we go. Like you, it doesn't have yeah. to be more complicated than that or put some. I wonder if you're craving, you're probably craving the chicken, like whether you know it or not, the chicken yeah. is probably the best part of that salad Definitely. because it actually gave you sustenance, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. Um, and Aww. in fact, I mean, that's a good point though, is like, what, what sort of, what sort of snacks do you, I know you said in your road trip, you had the hot dogs, but like, let's just say average working day for Nicole, what sort of snacks do you normally go for? Because I can tell you that for me, it's uh biltong, which is beef jerky, but 10 times better in my opinion. <laughs> so biltong, um, <laughs> eggs, obviously, if I have any if leftover, um, obviously any leftovers from the night before I'll go in and have that, but I don't really snack too much. So I don't know about you. I don't know what your go-to like snacks are. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'll tell you right now. Um, I'm actually against snacking. Hmm. Uh, I am against snacking. Um, and there's a couple of reasons why one, I don't have time. I need to eat meals that are big enough that are going to last me for several hours because I'm doing other stuff. I'm either out of the house. I'm either working. The last thing that I want to feel is hungry. Um, so that's why I don't like snacking. The second thing is I think it trains your brain to always be eating. Um, and I don't think that's a good thing because once you start, stop snacking, your brain is going to be like, Hey, like, where is, where's is the food? Like I'm used to eating like all this, you know, 24 seven, right? Like what's going on. So if I think if you can eat two to three meals that are actually like a good size, good portion, that will hold you over for a couple hours. Cool. Like, I think my smallest meal right now is the eggs that I start with in the morning. I actually recently cut out sausage. Um, just because I thought they were a little bit too processed for what I want right now. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just eating like eggs in the morning. Then I'm usually having a steak if, if I want, if I'm hungry. Um, and then I'll have steak or something else for dinner. Right. But my whole thing with snacking is just, it just trains you to do the wrong thing. Like I think of it as this, like if you're somewhere where you can't eat and you're constantly snacking and you like, you're literally setting yourself up for failure for that time that you're going to be gone out of the house for four hours. And there's not going to be a good option for you to grab. Right. Mm. Um, so that's, that's how I am. Like, for example, like yesterday we went and looked at houses all day. And I ate eggs and some sausage yesterday. We're doing like once a week sausage. <laughs> um, and I'm, I, I'm sausage <laughs> I know, I know. I ran Not out joking. the door because like I didn't finish like my whole meal. And that ended up lasting me from 1130 um, all the way until 5 p.m. when we ate, mm. which is pretty mm. incredible, right? I mean, like by the time 5 p.m. when we actually ate, I was starving, of course, but I was kind of like, I was okay, you know, and the same thing, like when I go to the airport, like the reason I bring um, eggs isn't because it's like snacking. It's more like, that's going to be like my meal. Like the hard boiled mm. egg is going to be my meal. Cause I don't know what I can eat here. And you're like, I don't really force myself to eat in the morning unless I'm hungry. So mm. for me, like if, but if you have to snack and you have to have something like have hard boiled eggs, like those, if even if you have like a little lunchbox that you can bring them in, like those are going to stay for a long time. Mm. Um, the cool thing is that we can also feed them to our dogs, you know? So like if we have the hard boiled eggs, like usually like it's a good breakfast on the road for our dogs or if like we're in a rush or whatever, um, hard boiled eggs and then like any zero sugar type of bit long or um, jerky or like sausages that you see. But again, like you're eating cured meat. So the fresh meat versus the cured meat. You're not going to have like the same, like, you're not going to have like the, uh, vitamin C. You're not going to have like the fresh, uh, maybe like vitamins that are in fresh meat versus not in the cured meats. Um, yeah. cause those can stay for like such a long time, but anyways, yeah. So I'm in the camp of not being into snacking, um, because I think it just sets you up for failure in the future. Um, and it makes it so you can't go long hours of time without, you know, having anything. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of. I kind of, I mean, to be honest with you, like it's, it's more of, like you said, it's more of a meal. It's not really a snack actually, but yeah, what I like to do is, um, because I eat so early, it's like, I like to, so I have a big breakfast. Well, I, I have my coffee in the morning, bulletproof coffee. By the way, what's a big breakfast just for like people that are listening? Like what is your breakfast? I have some, yeah, I have some really naughty breakfast. Like maybe a, like a whole ribeye with five eggs like it's massive so <laughs> oh my god I feel like I need like up Taylor's food intake yeah my breakfast is but I mean I, I, bearing in mind I've just done like an hour and a half of CrossFit pre oh that's pre-vet. right so, yeah, yeah yeah um so that's obviously like uh, a factor to you but I mean that's important like context context matters like I, before I get into that I was going to say that when I was when I was healing myself, when I got really skinny and I had this weird virus, I still, I still think it was early onset COVID, but who knows? Anyway, this was a long time ago. Who knows? I don't even, I don't want to even go there and make assumptions, but um, it was 2019 going to 2020, but I was really sick. I was really skinny for the first time in my life. I've never been skinny before without, without me trying. So it's the first time in my life where I was eating all these carbs and I'm talking like 
processed bullshit and I wasn't putting on weights. I was losing weights and it was quite scary to see like abs that I hadn't worked for. I'd look down and I'd be like, oh my word, there's abs, but I haven't been working for these. So like, it just didn't feel right. Like it felt weird yeah. and it felt kind of scary. So, and everyone was, everyone was coming up to me and saying, you know, like Josh, did you eat a tapeworm or like what happened to you did you get like HIV or something and I was like no I, I actually don't know what's happening um but that was a that was a very scary like moment but when that happened to me obviously like our healing journeys have been different I was always hungry like I was eating so much steak and yeah it, it I almost I almost overdid it in the beginning. Like I would wake up, have a massive breakfast, have lunch, have dinner. And I would almost overdo it because I was kind of scared of going back to that place where I was so skinny, but I, I kind of didn't, I kind of didn't like care about it. If you know what I'm saying, it just kind of, um, it just kind of happened and it, it, it sort of healed me. It got me to a point where I was actually putting on weight again. And I was very happy to see that. Yeah. Like, do you know what I'm saying? So, so that was an interesting thing for me, but, um, back to the the dinner is that I often will have like a snack you know whether it's some biltong or like an extra egg before my dinner like an hour or two before my dinner at about like mm. two o'clock three o'clock in the afternoon because it just gets me to my dinner time I don't know if that makes sense yeah like just get no no I get yeah. that like if you're hungry you should probably eat something yeah. like you don't need to like you know feel hunger for three more hours until you actually have dinner so like, I think I'm the same way. Like, that's why sometimes like my schedule is like, it just, it's so intuitive that like, I can't even tell you for sure. Like what my schedule, all I can tell you is the coffee and like the eggs and stuff after I work out, like that's like the coffee before I work out the eggs after I work out, like that is like now like in my DNA, like that mm. will always be the case. Right. But I can't tell you what happens after 12, you know, um, I might be like, you know what, I'm going to make a ribeye right now. And maybe I'll split that. Maybe it's like a really big, maybe it's like a 12 ounce ribeye and I'll want to mm. split that. Right. Um, but I think that as long as you're like listening to your body and you're not like depriving your body, I, I think, I think you're good. Right. As long mm. as you're not putting like empty crap in your body and you're feeding your body when you're hungry, I think you should be good. You know, um, nothing has to be set in stone with food because it never, <laughs> it always changes, you know? Um, so yeah. that's kind of like my, my take on it, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like there's some days too, where like I will chow down. Like we finally got my favorite butcher. So here's the thing. One thing I wanted to say steak right now in the U S is at an all time high. Something that I paid, so like the inflation is insane here right now. Like things are crap, okay? Like I'm just gonna say that, things are crap. Um, before I left, so when I left for the Netherlands um, in September, 2020, steaks are about like 16, $17 that I would get in a pack, right? From like Alpine Butcher, for example, right? $16 a steak. And these are my really nice marbled ones. This is like, you know, a top shelf, like, like very good steaks, right? I come home and I go to like the grocery store just to like not even get something that's like high end. I just, I'm like, oh, I need steaks for tonight. Like, look at these ribeyes. Like, how much are these? And they're like 17, 18 dollars. 
um, like for like a crap, not sorry, I shouldn't say crap for like the lowest type of mm. meat you can get at this at the store, right? Just like the lowest type, right? Lowest grade of meat. And I'm like, dude, I was gone for four months. And now like steak, when I went to go buy it from Alpine Butcher, guess how much my steaks were per steak? 24. $27 per steak. Whoa. 27. And that it used to be 15, 16. And now it's 27. That is like the, that is like supply chain. That's like all the issues that we're having in America right now. Mm. Like it's intense. Like the inflation here is insane because remember I was coming from like the Netherlands, which I never thought this would be something that (laughs) I would be so thankful for, but I was paying like seven euros for like a big, just like, you know, yumbo grocery store steak, Mm. you know, like maybe seven, eight euros. And now I'm like looking at like the store and I'm like, oh my God, it's like 16 to like $19 for like the least least one. So is that roughly the same size? Sorry. So so just give me like, so the same size as the Yumbo ones. Oh yeah. So it's like, so there's, there's huge rates. So like it's, it sucks right now to be probably um, a carnivore in the U S because like now you're probably eating like ground beef, which, you know, a little bit different, but now you're like eating these, uh, like lower quality meats because now I'm like, dude, like I'm like now my meat budget just went up like $300 mm. a month, you know, like this is insane. So a question for you, what are yeah. your thoughts on, cause this, this is, I enjoy this topic and it probably oh, warrants God. like a whole podcast episode on its own, but yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on like grass-fed versus grain-fed versus normal? I don't know if you've spoken about this, but what are your thoughts? I know my opinion, but. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the thing. At the end of the day, um, I think it's elitist to only advocate for grass-fed. My whole thing is that if you have the means and the ability and access to grass-fed and you can afford that, do that. Like, I think you should do that as much as you can. And that's what I do when I can afford, I mean, I can afford for the most part grass fed, right. And I, I can get that. Like I have the access and the means to get it right. So I will get grass fed as much as possible. Mm. However, that doesn't mean everyone else has access to grass fed, right? Like that's, that's not the reality to have that mindset and say, Hey, shame on you for not eating grass fed no, that's like, that's, you know, that's making someone feel bad when in reality, maybe they can't afford it. You know, like it's elitist to think that you can only do that. At the end of the day, if you are getting your beef from a grocery store, I'm not even worried about to an extent, like I'm worried about you. Like you are eating meat because you feel better when you eat meat, right? You eating that steak that's from the grocery store, like, and maybe eating grass fed every once in a while, like, that's fine. You know, like I rather have you eat that grain fed grocery store steak than go and get pop tarts, right. Mm. Which are mass produced and, you know, they're made in a factory and everything. Right. So I'm just saying like, you do you, like no one should be telling you what type of meat to eat. Like if you can eat from a zero, um, like the net zero, like emissions, right. From like the grass fed or not the net zero emissions. What am I thinking of? The one where it's like, do you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, the like, impact on like carbon, carbon neutral. Yes, yes, yes. So like if you can, if you can do that, great. But I am not going to shame anyone for who's trying to do carnivore that can only afford grain fed. 
I eat grain fed all the time because I don't have access sometimes to grass fed or I don't want to pay, you know, right now, $35 per steak for grass fed, you know, like I will, of course, sometimes, but, um, yeah, like I just think, do you, um, and don't let anyone shame you into not doing it. Cause once you start shaming people for what they can afford, we all lose. That's what mm. I think. Well, um, I saw this tweet, um, the other day and oh, no. the person shall, shall na- be renamed, uh, the I person shall remain nameless, but, um, <laughs> actually, well, the person who the tweet was about, it's not the person who actually tweeted the tweet, but he said, you don't have to move to Costa Rica and just buy grass-fed meat and give up your job and surf all day to become a carnivore. So yeah. I'm sure you know who that's written reference to. I know who he's talking about, yeah. But it's, it is so true. It's like you really don't have to subscribe to the idea that you have to freaking eat organ supplements all day long or you have to... I follow Judy. I'm, I'm with her, Judy Cho, but she says, you know, organs, organs is like one of those things where it's not essential in her opinion. You can have it mm-hmm. if you like it, but it's definitely not essential. And in some cases it can give you vitamin A toxicity, which is like a whole nother subject on its own. Yeah. I don't know enough to, I don't know enough to sort of comment on that, but you don't have to like subscribe to that whole idea. And there is a narrative like on Instagram that you have to, you have to buy the best grass-fed, grass-finished beef. And if you're not mm-hmm. doing that, you're not supporting regenerative agriculture. Or you're not a correct carnivore. Like you're not mm-hmm. a right version of carnivore. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that I mean, that couldn't be further from the truth. I think when I moved to Netherlands, that was like that was like a crash test for me in, in being a carnivore because I was mainly mm-hmm. in the beginning living off of ground beef. And I've never done that before. But yeah it works. Like I got through it and I was pretty proud of that. And when I finally settled and I knew where everything was and I could buy my ribeyes, like my ribeyes became, I know it sounds weird, but my, these ribeyes became like a moment of like mini celebration for me because I'd, yeah. I wouldn't have them. I wouldn't have them every day, but I'd have them like maybe every second day, every third day. But I really like was appreciative for what it was and like how good it tastes and the fact that it wasn't ground beef but I don't know if you feel the same I just feel like I feel like every single meal you have should be like a mini celebration that that what you're eating is like feeding your body in in a good wholesome way and and you're not just stuffing your body you know I think there's a there's a there's a big case to be made for like mindful eating you know actually sitting down with the person you love or whatever you want to do but actually eating your food in a way that is like it's a sacred time you know it's not just sitting there on your phone scrolling through instagram because i I fall victim to that all the time i can sit there go on instagram with a steak in my mouth and i'll be like i I actually think to myself like what the fuck are you doing you actually look so ridiculous right now just put your phone down yeah chew your your food for 30 for like 30 bites be appreciative for what it's doing for you and I, i just think yeah, I just think we've lost that a bit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh it's, yeah. yeah, I I I hear you a hundred percent. Like I'm one of those people where I'm like phones down. Like you're not going on your phone. Like I'll yeah, I'll take a picture of my food and then I put my phone down. Right, I'll take a picture of my food. Take a picture of my food once it's done and I like put my phone down and I like enjoy my meal. When we lived in the Netherlands, what happened was um, 
our like dining area was so far away from uh, like the TV and where like our couch was to watch TV. And there wasn't, we didn't even buy a coffee table, thank God, because um, so we never got to eat on the coffee table watching TV, right? And so we would actually have like a conversation. We would actually sit down and like be excited about our food, right? It's almost like, it's like a, what you would say, like it's sacred. Like it's just like your morning coffee, right? Like why wouldn't your dinner with a fabulous ribeye or a fabulous meal that you just prepared um, be enjoyed, right? So now we're in the US and now like, unfortunately I'm at the dining table and I literally go like this and I look up and the TV is right there. So a couple times a week, right? We're now like watching TV while we're eating, which one ruins conversation. Two, you're kind of just like, it feels almost like mindless or it feels mm. like you need a distraction in order to enjoy your meal. When it's actually the opposite, like to enjoy your meal fully, you probably shouldn't have any distractions. You can actually appreciate mm. it, right? Like I'm so thankful that steak is, like I'm so thankful I can even get steak. Do you know what I mean? Like, even though it's more expensive, like, I'm just so thankful that I even still have an option to buy it, you know, and I can, I can even afford it. Right. Um, so there is something like about just enjoying the person you're with, enjoying your alone time. Maybe it's like, you know, when you eat your steak alone and you're not Mm. on any social media or TV, like maybe that's your time to like kind of meditate and just be like chewing your steak, like thinking about life, like thinking about maybe like you know, like, Oh, what are those goals that I want? Or what are those, what does that future look like for me? Or maybe you just are like daydreaming, you know, eating yeah. a steak, which is also awesome. I think it could be a great, um, I don't know, just like spiritual connection for your mind, your mouth. Um, and also just, I don't know, like give your eyes a break from screens because we're on mm. them all day. <laughs> mm. And there's something to be said. There's something to be said. Uh, I, I'll never forget that when I, initially like went on my like sort of my pilgrimage my my health pilgrimage my journey and I asked my parents I asked my parents I asked my friends parents rather uh it was 2014 New Year's Day um I, I was still so overweight and I was just like I was just like I need to change and like that was the moment that I just decided that I no longer wanted to be that person anymore and I asked my friends parents who were his body they were the his dad was a bodybuilder his mom was a nutritionist um i don't actually know like what sort of what they were prescribing at the time but yeah they basically said to me they just said i just said to them i remember i remember saying to them in a very hungover state like i want to lose weight um their names were richard and uh was it michelle i think it was yeah richard and michelle and i said i want to lose weight and they're like first thing you gotta do is start chewing your food properly. I know it sounds silly, but they just said 30, 30 bites a time. It sounded so simple to me, but that like little, that little, that little crutch like changed my life because I remember when I got mm. home that day, I started eating and I started chewing my food and I started like listening to, to what I was eating and I started feeling how it made me feel. And they just said, they said, go low carb. They said, go low carb and chew your food for 30 bites. Oh my God. I love them. 2014. They're already like, yeah. up. and I didn't, I didn't even know what low carb was. I think I just Googled it. And then like, um, a, a professor Atkins came up yeah. probably. And yeah. Tim Noakes, Tim Noakes, who's a really um, interesting guy who I've interviewed. Um, he's like a mentor of mine, to be honest with you. He's amazing. Aww. Um, he, but he's this old like professor in South Africa who's been 
advocating for a low carb diet for some time now. But that was so simple. Like, you know, oftentimes I also forget that not everyone that comes in contact with our work is going to want to be carnivore or meat-based. And I understand Mm -hmm. that. I mean, you, you might eventually find your way there like we did, but whichever path you start, I think cutting carbs in general and processed seed oils is a good start. And then the next step is just give it a try. Even like, even you tonight, Nicole, like I, I, I like employ you to just try like chewing your food for 30 counts. It's actually a lot harder than you think. I'll you do actually, it. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. You, you, you what if it's there. more than 30? Wait, so sorry. So I close my mouth and it's 30 seconds that I'm chewing a bite. So one chew is 30. So you're chewing for 30 counts. Sorry. I don't know if I made that clear. So one, okay, okay, got it. One, two, three, four. Five, I thought like you that. meant like you have 30 bites to eat your food or something. And I was like, I was going to ask. So like, I'm glad we're at this point now, but okay. okay. That makes sense. So like 30 seconds to like appreciate the bite. Now I'm like thinking about it mathematically. No, no, wait, not, not, 30, no, I'm just not 30 seconds, not 30 seconds. So you were, it's 30, 30 chews. So one chew is oh. one. So one, two, three, four. So every time you chew is 30 bites of bite. your food. Okay. And then obviously you can go more than that, the more the better, because the further it goes, the more you actually taking the time to, to like digest your food. And a lot of people yeah. don't realize is that digestion starts before you've even eaten your food. When you're looking at food, your salivary glands start salivating your digestion is taking place in your mouth before you, before you've even eaten food. Hmm. So, okay. so chewing your food properly actually helps with digestion. And that's why if you, if you sometimes get um, like acid reflux or you get heartburn or you get indigestion, like chewing gum or something, or just, just reiterating that chewing action actually helps because it, oh. it gets your stomach acid to actually. So, I will definitely try this because I've heard this before and I think it's great um, to like do that. And I definitely want to, now that we're in the US, I definitely want to work on my relationship with food and like make sure that, you know, I'm having a good, like not having a good dinner, I guess, but I'm setting myself up for like the best possible sit down dinner where I feel the connection to my food, to my partner, Mm. to everything that I'm doing. And I'm just, I'm just chomping along. If I bite my tongue, Josh, because I'm overthinking it. <laughs> I will, I will let you know. Like I'll be okay. pissed. No, I'm just kidding. But um, no, I think that's great. And I think what a lot of people also realize is that, like, you know, you can eat. Okay, my French friend Marina. Shout out to Marina. She is so French. But like when we had her over at our house, like she is the slowest eater I have ever met. And she's probably cracking up right now listening to this. But like <laughs> literally the slowest eater ever. And so like what would happen is like Taylor and I would like finish our meal at like the dinner table and then we'd like continue talking and she has like 75% of her steak <laughs> left. <laughs> so we're like, okay. Like and then but now like looking back at it, like I actually appreciate it. Like it doesn't, I mean, it never irritated me. It was just a funny thing where I was like, oh, French people eat like so slow, but it's also like, she's enjoying her food. She's enjoying conversation. Mm. She's, you know, like she's chewing it slowly and she's enjoying every single bite. I mean, she definitely was enjoying it until it got freaking cold, but like, you know what I mean? Like that's another thing, but I appreciate it now because I understand that it's like the act of doing it 
versus just trying to fill up your stomach as soon as you can and then move on. You so know? wait, so you're saying the steak got cold and then she stopped enjoying it. So what you say? No, I'm saying like in my mind, I'm probably not going to eat as slow as her because by the time she like got to, you know, like finish her steak, yes. I'm sure it was like a couple cold last bites. Right. Yes. Um, I mean, steak is good. It's still a great cold, but that's just like a little joke. Um, but yeah, but now I appreciate that. It's more than that. It's like the act of sitting down and doing that meal. Um, mm. And I think if you turn off the TV when you're eating, even if you're alone and you put your phone down and you just kind of like chill, like, I don't know, who knows? Maybe you'll have a great idea for invention. Maybe you'll realize like, oh, the reason why I act this way is because of that trauma. Like, oh, that's so weird. Or like, you know what I mean? Like mm. it'll give you the time alone you need. And like, that brings me to meditation, Josh. So I have been, I've been doing this February reset thing, you know? Um, and one of the things, as you mentioned, like just a little bit ago was like, no. So my thing is like no sugar, no processed food, no vegetable oils. Right. And I think you can like say that to anyone. Right. And then I also put like, you know, eat protein with every meal. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm recommending this, like, not as like, Hey, like go hardcore carnivore, like let's go. Right. Like I'm recommending this to anyone. Like if anyone wants to improve their life, adding the protein, not eating processed food, avoiding vegetable, all vegetable oils and avoiding sugar, like it's going to help everyone. Right. There's also your social media intermittent fasting that I wanted to just talk about too. Um, but what I was going to say is that for the meditation side of things, right. So I'm not good at meditating. Like I realize that. Okay. Like I'm not. And so now my new thing is that every morning when I'm doing my workout, I go in the sauna and I bring headphones and I turn on the Calm app, right? Like we talked about that. That's how I get my sleep stories uh, that mm -hmm. I fall asleep to in like five minutes. I have no idea what the stories are about, um, but I'll do like right now I'm doing the 21 days of Calm. Um, so these 21 days of Calm, like each day, it's like talking you through, um, you close your eyes, you sit down and you, you know, you don't have any distractions and you just like let your mind, it guides you through like letting your mind just like wander. And then it says, okay, let's talk about like non-reactivity, right? I think this is a huge one. Like for so many people, like not to get triggered by things, right? Not to react, um, to like hold that in. So the non-reactivity is huge for me and something that like I am working on and like three days doing it, I was like, so I feel like a lot more calm, <laughs> I guess, because I'm like, I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like a freaking hippie right now. Like, I just feel like I'm like, like there's been times I'm talking to Taylor and he's like, why are you so calm right now? Like we literally just bought a house yesterday. So FYI, like we're Congrats. saying, oh, my word. Yeah, thank you. Well so, done. <laughs> um, thank you. But like, I was just so calm. I was really hungry because like we hadn't eaten and then we had to do a bunch of paperwork. Mm. Um, but I was also just like really calm. You know, it's like a huge, it's the biggest purchase you'll ever make in your Can, life. But like, so yeah, I sorry. got a question for you from like a, yeah. from a meditation perspective, like, cause obviously, you know, me, uh, this, I'm fat. I love this like field of talk, but yeah. Like what's, what makes you think that you're not a good meditator? Like what, what for you is a good meditator? Because I've got, um, I've got the answer to this, but I yeah. just want to know, like. Just what... doing it. So just but, doing it, like taking the time to actually carve out of your day to do okay, it. So, so that's what I think time. I'm not okay. like okay, actually so just doing it. So you're not, you're not sitting there like meditating and then thinking to yourself, I'm not a good meditator. It's more just the fact that you. You oh yeah the, 
Okay, so sorry, I'm missing like just not being. Yeah, sorry. So I'm just not being like consistent. Like at the end of the day, like I also do it in the sauna, so I don't fall asleep. Like I have a habit of like, like if we're on a road trip and we listen to podcasts, like just because of like the car and everything, and like just hearing a voice, like I'll probably fall asleep. Mm. Um, and I will go from laughing watching like a show on Netflix, like straight up laughing watching Ali Wong, to like taking a nap, like right there. Yeah, yeah, like. And I don't do that as much now, but my point is, is that I do in the sauna because like, I'm so nervous to fall asleep in the sauna. Yeah. So, and like, I want to be like in like a very like chill, relaxed vibe where like, I don't want to be on my phone. Um, and I'm like alone. I think the point is like being alone. Like, I think it's Mm. hard to meditate if you have like someone coming and asking things of you. If you have like a, a baby that's like crying or something, like you have to like be on, on, be on deck, be on call you know? Um, so mm. if you can get like some alone time removed from like your actual home to meditate, that might be easier for you. Cause you can like detach, you know, the things that you need to do in your household and being available there versus like being in a completely different place where you're like surrounded by strangers. Like no one wants anything of you. You're naked in a sauna in a towel and you're like <laughs> laying down. Like no one's, no one's asking you for anything. You're not going <laughs> to die. Like, but that's for me, like, that is now my favorite place to meditate because like it like helps me focus Mm. on actually getting the meditation you know what I mean like actually like carving out that time like the sauna gives me the time to actually do it so that's what I would say I like about it and is there specific so you mentioned you're doing this like 21 days of less reactivity or something like that is Mm -hmm. that is that the program you're on now is that the specific one you're doing or is it like a specific is it is it like a a go-to meditation that you enjoy is there a reason why you maybe enjoy it or is it just that uh, I think that people enjoy things that they know they need to work on hmm. so the reason I do the meditation um that maybe is for non-reactivity is I like to do meditation that helps me work on things that I know I struggle with right so if I was going to do a program that was like for grieving and loss and pain like, I'm probably not going to do that. Right. Because like, Mm. that's not something that I feel like right at this moment I need to work on. Like, I don't think maybe, you know, grief is not linear. I think that grief can strike you at any time, even for a past loss or a past situation, but that's not something that I'm going to seek out to do. I'm going to seek out the things where it's like, you know, not being reactive. Right. Because that's Mm. something that I feel that everyone, everyone probably needs to work on it. Right like not being triggered. Like I did a story the other day about the girl at the gym, the Karen, who was like so mad because the person was like dropping weights. And I'm just like, I'm just happy to freaking beat an open gym, man. So I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, and she was mad at me that I didn't like play, play in, but I'm like, dude, how miserable is someone if they're literally pissed for someone else working out and dropping weights? Like how miserable are you? If that's, if that's how you want to be. 100% and you know like this for me is the point of meditation mindfulness what you what you are saying is like this opening of awareness when I first started meditation and this was like pre me even getting into like psychedelics and all sorts of weird other things that I'm interested in but seriously like the biggest shift for me was I remember the first couple of days that I was doing it it's like you say you just enter this state of being so calm that you you sort of 
you're sort of watching everything from like a third person perspective and you're like wondering why this person is even reacting this way because you feeling so calm. Wait, hold on. And I think, did your mic just change? Because I just heard all these random things. Oh, Wait, so, that was am so I, weird. Am I not, um, am I fine now? Yeah, that was really weird though. It was like, it sounded different oh. all of a sudden. So I don't know if your mic stopped or something. Is it is it working now? Do you think it sounds? Okay yeah, no, now? it sounds normal. But all of a sudden, I just heard all this background noise, and I was like, "That's weird." Oh my gosh! Okay, I have okay, to just cut this normal. out. <laughs> no, no, no. So you, no, no, no. Continue. So say that the opening of you were saying like the meditation opens up. Just start with that. Yeah, yeah. So to me, what it sounds exactly like is you know, meditation is this opening of awareness. Like I, re I remember this was even. I got into meditation like pre like my interest in psychedelics and things like that is that it it really it was this barrier between you and anything like external it was the most amazing feeling in the beginning it, it it's it, it's truly it just opens yourself up to the world of possibilities and you you start to like you were saying in the gym you start to look at other people's reactions and you'd be like like what the why are you yeah. like, what warrants you even like reacting what happened way? to you <laughs> exactly i'm like do you need a hug do you need a hug <laughs> like what i don't know no it, it it truly it truly is amazing and if you can take it doesn't need to it can be the science is like proven it can be five or ten minutes but if you take five or ten minutes like let's just say first thing in the morning you can do it in the evening as well but five to ten minutes in the morning and I challenge you pre-coffee. I used to do it after coffee. It, it made it a lot more um, like exhilarating, but I sometimes do it pre-coffee. <laughs> it's a bit more interesting, <laughs> but it makes you so much less um, reactive. It really does. It just takes you into your day. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's I think amazing. the reading, I think the reading does that. Cause when I would yeah. wake up and like, I'd wake up Jocko style super early for no reason, of course, cause you know, I didn't have to go in the office, but <laughs> I'd wake up at like, you know, 5.30, get up, make my coffee in the dark and then go turn the lights and read like in the living room in my mm. apartment in Amsterdam. Like that was super like nice way to start my morning. Like I felt so, like you say, so calm, but I'm almost, I like, I'm nervous to, I don't like meditating first thing in the morning because I, one, I might fall back asleep. Yeah, <laughs> like, that happens. I, cause that can happen. But the second mm. thing is that, I also like trying this and giving this a go because um, if I can do something in bed, like remember, like I have my husband in bed, I have like my two dogs. So like, if I make like too much, you know, movement, they're gonna be like, oh, are we going out? Are we like doing this or whatever? Mm. So maybe I just have my, you know, headphones right next to me. I turn on the Calm app and I just lay in there and I just like wake up to like a meditation or something. You know what I mean? Like, I think that could actually be pretty, pretty badass. So yeah. I might try that. Try it. Um, you you could very well fall asleep, and like what um what a lot of <laughs> yeah. my meditation teachers have um taught me is that sleepiness can be like an object of meditation. I know that sounds super mm -hmm. like paradoxical, but like if you start noticing yourself being sleepy or your mind's racing, that that can just be the object of your meditation. So you can actually take that. Um, this specific form of meditation is actually called uh, Vipassana, which actually translates into just awareness of everything that's happening. So if you feel that you're sleepy in the mornings, that's okay. It's nothing to be like afraid of. It just means you're sleepy. And 
actually sitting there with your eyes closed, you can also do it open. Um, you you just realize, oh wait, I'm sleepy, something to notice. Uh, and then you sort of just go to the next thing, follow your breath, whatever. I don't know what you specifically do, but I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely try it and get back to you because I think there is something there. And I also would say that like, I feel like the people that can't turn off their mind, like, and I used to be one of those people, I felt like there was something that needed to be healed because like, I don't know why, but like, once I stopped caring, I slept like a baby. I know that's mm. like really weird, but like once I like let go and like cared less and I'm talking about job, I'm talking about just like the day to day, I'm talking about like the anxiety, like over controlling things and like, you know, just not knowing what's going to happen. Like, and I think that happened for me once we found out that we were moving to um, the Netherlands. Like I kind of just let go because I was like, you know what, like I'm leaving my job soon. It's not really like, you know, like if things don't work out or if I, if I lose a deal or something, like I'm not worried, but there's something about caring less, mm. which then prompted me to do my best work. And I actually had my best performance quarter right before leaving. So it's like, it, it makes so much sense. And like, I don't, there's so many people out there that I think still take so many things to go to sleep, for example, mm. like melatonin, you know, like there's some places like the UK, I think that actually ban melatonin because of the side effects that it has on people, right? Mm. Like weird stuff like that. You know, there's also like sleep quill, Z quill, which is just absolutely awful. There's so many over-the-counter things that I think people take for sleep that are really bad. So what I recommend is if someone can meditate, if someone can read, if someone can journal, I think journaling before going to bed is huge to just mm. get it out on paper. I think that can help you go to sleep. Like if you're taking stuff now, I would just say, dude, stop, like stop doing that and start training your body to go to sleep without it. Because yeah. the longer you're reliant on, let's say the longer you're reliant on Adderall during the day and uppers during the day, right? It's going to be harder and harder to break it. The more reliant you are on, you know, uh, Z-Quil and melatonin, the harder and harder it is to break it, right? And then there's also going to be any drug you take, whether it's over the counter or not, there are consequences, right? Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to articulate what they are, but my thing is just, just try to sleep natural as soon as you can, because all of these things are going to have a side effect on you later in life, whether that's short-term memory loss, whether that's, um, maybe like, you know, it, it ruins, uh, not ruins, but the uh, receptors in your brain. So now mm -hmm. like you have depression, like there's Benadryl. I remember I had a really bad allergic reaction and I took Benadryl for like three days and it literally made me depressed. <laughs> like it literally made me depressed. And I had a friend who did the same thing where she was taking, um, what is the, there's like such a Claritin, right? They were taking Claritin and then it actually made them depressed. So like, Jeez. even though you think it's over the counter, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to come without consequences. Yeah. So that's what I tell people. Everything, everything that you take, especially from any sort of pharmaceutical or whatever is going to have it's going to have some sort of consequence behind it, mm -hmm. you know? So if, if, if your case needs an acute dose of something, because something has happened, maybe that's, but, but long-term use of these things is definitely just not advised. Yeah. And should maybe the next episode meet based what nine, we speak about our sleep hacks, like things that we okay, do to, yeah. to sleep better. That would be I'm totally <laughs> down. Yeah. And I wanted to mention too, the intermittent, intermittent, social media fasting 
that Josh has recommended. So mine is I don't go on before 10 a.m. and I get off by 8 p.m. So I've done that. I did that this morning. I didn't do it this morning, but on the days that I do it, I get so much more done. I'm like not distracted. I'm kind of just like free. Like I feel free. I feel like there's like a time that social media doesn't exist. And what I do too is like, I still, if I want to take a picture of something or a video of something, I still do it, but I do it on my normal phone and then I upload it later, you know, like, which is glorious. Like there's no point you don't need to be like on it now. Like, and I do that a lot too. Like when I go and do something with someone, like I'll try not to use Instagram, like the story. I'll actually just like record a picture or record it like on my normal iPhone, like a normal human. And then I can just like upload it later or whatever. So I don't know. Like, I think that even just doing that can like limit your amount of time you spent on Instagram, if you know what I mean. Mm. But well, if you, yeah, if I you, love it. If you, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. Like if you, I mean, if you remember like back in the day with Facebook, we used to go to parties with like little cameras and take photos and we'd only upload the photos like maybe the next day or something. It, it feels like that again for me. And I yeah. do the exact, I do the exact same as you. Like I will, I will, I will take photos and videos of all my content for the day in the morning. And then I will upload it all like basically during my um, feeding window, which is basically the time you go on social media. Yeah. And it works. It works. I mean, I don't, I don't get it right all the time because I know you messaged me the other day like you're like damn I opened up Instagram <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, yeah it's like a habit I've got this um it's, it just, is. it's so like entrenched in my brain my it's ingrained. My, oh my god my brain knows exactly how to get the reward of Instagram it knows where to go without me even thinking about it it's actually scary sometimes oh yeah I think it's pretty scary because like it's just so like you said it's ingrained it's part of like our normal makeup it's part of our normal thing to mindlessly scroll like I'm not getting anything valuable from Instagram like I'm not like maybe I'm seeing like a couple of your posts um some other posts like Judy's or something and like people that are actually like adding value Mm. and adding value can mean so many different things for different people but like to me, like there's right now I'm at a point where like, there's not a lot that I'm getting from Instagram. That's actually like bringing me value. So like, I don't watch stories, people's stories as much, you know, like I don't, I don't scroll through as much. And that's because I'm also like limiting my time on it. Um, Mm. and also like, I'm just trying to get out and live life and like do shit, you know? So I think, and I'm busy, I'm busy buying houses, seeing houses, trying to like figure out where I'm going to freaking live. But, um, I, I do have something I wanted to, touch on because I'm going to forget to do this and it's really scary. So, okay. Speaking of horror, uh, flashback to the beginning of our conversation, horror, horror stuff, not horrors. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) We went and saw houses yesterday, right? Yeah. And we always wanted a new house, brand new construction. No one's ever lived in it. Right. Because you never know about dogs that lived in it, you know, like old floors issues with the house. Like, yes, they do inspections, but you know, you, you, we wanted a new house, no problems. Right. So we went and actually looked at some houses that were not brand new. And one of the houses had like all the windows open and keep in mind, it's like 40 degrees outside. Right. So you're like, okay. And we're with our real estate agent, Eli, and we go in this place and he's like, Ooh, 
like definitely like animals have been like pissing on stuff. That's why they have the windows open so they can kind of hide the smell of like dogs or whatever. And so we're like, okay, like, yeah, kind of janky. And then like, we go downstairs and we see like, oh, cool. There's like a whole new like floor downstairs, like a basement area, you know, like pretty cool, like two extra bedrooms. And then they literally are like, oh yeah, there's an unfinished basement down there. We turn a corner and we go into this room that is honestly a Dexter murder basement. Okay. Like people were murdered in there hundred percent, like a hundred percent. Like I literally got like this feeling and I was like, oh my gosh, my stomach hurts. I was like, we need to go. Like that guy up there is going to come down and murder us. Like, it's just a matter of time. I was like, we need to go. We need to go. We need to get out of here. So I've never had an instinct like that where I was like, absolutely not. And there was like an operating table in the back. Like, I swear to God, Josh, there was some weird like operating like (laughs) PT table or something like in the background, like a doctor's, like a doctor's thing that like you sit on, you know, like when you're at the doctor's and like you sheet on it and you sit on it to get like your physical. Yeah. That was in there, but it was like the creepiest one I've ever seen. Like there is like stains of stuff on the ground. There's like a drain everything like drains out to a drain and it's just like concrete walls and just unfinished that's fucked it was a it was like the murder basement so get out there (laughs) yeah yeah so we saw a lot of frogs i guess like a lot of like old houses that like they updated some things but it was just Mm -hmm. like holy moly like there was one house that someone definitely died in um where like you can smell it like I that you know like I someone so so we were really excited about this house and we're like oh it's priced so low like it's perfect starter house like it's a little bit smaller but cool and it's like mid-century modern which I really like and so we go into it and immediately I'm like no 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 it doesn't smell good I was like this smell and the way that the real estate agent talked about it when I was like oh so like how many dogs were here right because the smell was so so gnarly you'd think it was bigger dogs Mm-hmm. oh no she's like oh it was two little small dogs and the lady had lived here 50 years and immediately in my mind i'm like talking to myself she's like, dead she died there. Like, she died no she died her little dogs ate her and then the dogs died and <laughs> then they found this place and then they tried to cover up the smell i swear to god like that is that is what it is and the funny thing is is that that property was so hot And my theory is, right, so I haven't had COVID, right? Sorry, I haven't had the virus. And I, there's a, people lose their taste of, uh, their sense of smell and taste, right? So to me, all these people that were pining over this place, one, they've definitely have COVID and they haven't got Mm. their sense of taste or their sense of smell yet because they're buying a property where it is just, it is foul, foul. Um, but anyways, I just thought that was interesting. And like, after seeing all those old places, we were like a hundred percent sure, like, okay, we're making the offer on the brand new built constructed house. That's no one's lived in it. Like yeah, done. That's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, done. so, we're so, it's, so, so everything's, everything's signed and ready to, to go. Basically you're just waiting. Yeah. Waiting for the, 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 the yes or no, or was it, is it like, no, they accepted the offer. So making okay. an offer on a house, I've never bought a house. So it was kind of gnarly and I was like, oh, there's a lot involved, but you basically just um, make like, it's called like earnest money and you basically make a deposit, um, a certain percentage of the whole worth of the house that you pay up front as a deposit. 
they do a inspection in five days. And as during that inspection phase, if they find something wrong with the house, chances are low because it's a brand new built house. Like there are things from time to time, but the inspector goes in that's not related to me or like the builders of the house. And they go through it, look at mold, look at literally every single possible thing that could be wrong with the house, everything. Mm. And then they give me a full report. And if there's anything in there that's weird, then during that time, we have the ability to get our deposit or like our earnest money back. Um, or they say, okay, we'll, we'll strike off 20,000 from the house, right? Because there's this damage and you can fix this on your own. Like just weird, weird stuff like that. And then you make the down payment, which is the biggest part. And then you make like your monthly mortgage payment. So mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting, but like Taylor was like a little bit like, we're obviously like it's stressful because you're like, am I really doing this? But I was so calm yesterday that I think it was almost like freaky for like the real estate agent, real estate agent and, <laughs> and Taylor. And Taylor. Like, Taylor's like, well, what's, like, what's going on? Yeah. Here? Like, why are you so calm? And I'm mm. like, I don't know. Like, I'm just happy. Like, I'm Mincing. happy to, yeah, like I'm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm just happy. Like, I just feel that's um, good, even though like things have opened up back in Amsterdam, which again, I wanted to mention this to you actually in the beginning, things opened up in Amsterdam, right, which I am just thrilled about. Like when you mm. go back there, like things are going to be open, people are going out, the clubs are opening again, like on the I think the 12th. Um, but like, that is so awesome, right? Yeah, like you saw so the UK sucks. is now treating it like the flu. Um, Sweden is now training like the flu, like Denmark. we found out there's a point. Yeah. There's a 0.2% yeah. difference in the, uh, death rate with lockdowns versus no lockdowns, which was released. I don't know if you saw that report about the 2.2% difference, nice. um, that's now being reported, which the amount of deaths caused, um, during, okay. If you were in lockdown or not lockdown, however, you were combating, you know, the virus over the last yes. two years, it showed there was only a 0.2% difference with the countries that did those lockdowns and the countries that didn't. Mm -hmm. So now that we know that, I hope that the whole world continues to open up, right? Because the, the things, I guess the, um, it weighs out like the good, like the, the bad, unfortunately it outweighs the good. And I think it's a complete oh, yes. tragedy. Like, oh, yes. I think it's a tragedy that this happened. Yeah, truly, truly. And like, the thing is, I mean, it's so misunderstood, but I'm, you know, I'm not against, you know, vaccines or whatever you have to do to make yourself feel safe, but I am against mandates and enforcing things on people that there's no, there's no warrant to, to actually do that, yeah. you know? So again, I'm fully, fully happy that, and I hope Netherlands follows suit with Denmark and decides, okay, we don't need vaccine passports or any of that. You know, th that's the way it should be. It should be, it should be a thing that you should choose. And if it makes you feel safe, cool, but don't, don't impose it on, on anyone. Yeah. And certainly don't, yeah, don't think that that's going to help others. Yeah. It's not just going to divide things further. Yeah. Totally. And the reason I bring that up is someone asked me if I regretted moving back to the US because now everything's open up, opening up in the Netherlands. And you know, I mean, my you answer knew, was, you knew, hey, no, yeah. exactly. You knew, you Hindsight's knew inside, but you knew inside, yeah. I think you knew that things would open up again, but your heart was telling you that 
that just wasn't for you anyway. So I think it 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 yeah. wouldn't have made a difference to be honest. I think. Oh, totally. But I'm like, I'm thrilled. I'm I'm so excited for you that you're gonna be going back to something that's you know normal. Um, and I hope everywhere it opens up because I think that's a huge win. Um, and hopefully, you know, people have such short-term memory um with their own personal history and with history that people forget. But you know, we need to learn from this that lockdowns is not the answer, right? You know, like yeah. No. So unless take care unless of there's unless there's like some world war z zombie shits out there don't, that's okay that is a scary movie to me unless it's, it's, unless it's that then then i don't want to be in lockdown but anything anything <sighs> less than that don't don't tell me that i need to stay in yeah. my house <laughs> yeah yeah you're like are there zombies are there uh so is rabies okay can i say that i watch world war z on a plane <laughs> terrible and i get to the plane part of world war z for those of you who have seen it and I'm literally looking behind my shoulder the whole time. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, they're, they're the rabies oh, guys in, in the bathroom. He's going to come out and murder me or like, you know, whatever. So I'm like, I have nothing to protect myself. Like I have a pen, like cool. But I mean, I was just, I don't think I slept on that flight after that movie. <laughs> I can imagine. But, I can imagine. Yeah. Any last, uh, any last words to our listeners or anything that you just want to like, we talked about so much today, but yeah. I guess anything to add? I think, I think the big thing was you, I mean, you touching on it, it was the mindfulness aspect, you know, it's, it's just being mindful, whichever way you have to be mindful. I'm not saying that meditation is the only way to be mindful. Like you said, you said that sitting down and chewing your food properly and eating it with your loved ones and just, really dropping into the state of presence when you eat that that is a form of meditation so there's many ways to be mindful but i think the big takeaway from for me certainly from this episode was the importance of of being mindful and how that helps with you know everything else in your day yeah i think so too and i think the mindfulness like is so important because as we know the world is constantly changing you know, the circumstances are constantly changing in your life and other people's lives. So all you can do is you can control how you react to things and how you let things affect you. Mm -hmm. Right. And just take, for example, when you see people that react poorly, like look at that and remember how you don't want to be right. Because it's good to see, like, it's good to see someone else react that way. And you'll go, Oh gosh, every time that I've been that Karen or every time that I've reacted that way, people have looked at you the same way you're looking at that person now. So just, you know, be happy that you're alive, be happy that you have access to clean water, that you have access to food. Hopefully, you know, you have access to meat. If you don't, um, I, that is like awful, but just, just be happy to be here and mm. enjoy your day. Take it day by day. You know, don't worry too much about the future, but, you know, just, just be here and, and be happy. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy. Um, and I'm happy for everyone else that, you know, can appreciate like the day, you know? So, yeah. oh, and take care of yourself, eat your protein. We need, we need like a sign off line. We need to come up with one, like something. I don't know. Oh, something, I know. Something today's meets. <laughs> wait, wait. Today's sign off is always being, um, always be hungry, horny, and happy. Happy. Yes. There we go. And hungry, hungry can mean drive as well as just being like hungry for food. 
So hungry, like happy, horny. horny. Nice. Okay. <laughs> See you guys in the next cool. one. Bye, Bye. everyone.